Hello, everyone, and welcome to Free to a Good Home, the internet's only remaining funny podcast. My name is Michael Heng, and joining me today as guest host, because Ben Jenkins is busy with something else, we have none other than the suck off, the self suck king himself. Tom Walker. Hello, Tom. Hello, Michael. You're an absolute little turd and you seem committed <laughs> to ruining my life while somehow bettering your own. It's so good to be here. Uh, joining us as a guest um, for the first time in, I'd say, months, maybe even a year. I don't know the last time he was on this podcast. He's here to promote his brand new series of NFTs. It is Guy Montgomery. Hello, Guy. Hello, Michael, you champion. Why why would you bring two people onto your podcast and then deliberately wrong foot both of them to just sit up? I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what, Guy? You and I are the hosts. (laughs) Hing, you are the guest, and the subject is not the many classifieds that can be oh so funny. That obviously you can get so much mileage out of. And of course, the made up Reddit posts that we all sit around and say, it's so funny the thing this creative writing student cooked up on their fucking off day. The subject is how much of a little cunt you are. Me? Yeah, what do you mean? Are just Tom, gonna wax do you lyrical. ask the scorpion why it must sting? Do you ask the frog why it must stop? Or the eagle why it must no, soar? Tom, it is my their, nature. Their lives are all too busy to appear on our shitty little podcast called Why Is Michael yeah. Hing a Little Cunt? The eagle is too busy <laughs> soaring. <laughs> Hey, I'd, like, I'd really love okay. to come on the podcast, but I'm very focused on my hopping right now. <laughs> I think that, Tom, you probably have a mountain of evidence um, to make this case. Guy, I think I've genuinely um, been nothing but lovely to you mostly. So, you know. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I don't disagree. And it is interesting to think that your definition of very lovely is sort of just mild ongoing antagonism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... It's a level of niceness that's like, this guy must be my friend because he does treat me like shit a bit. <laughs> what? You- and he'd know. <laughs> well, what? What? Okay. Look, I, this is not where I wanted this show to go, but if, if, you, if we were to change some things about how I treated you both, um, what do you think you deserve? Tom, you can go first. Easy, with a bullet. Stop, stop lying about this idea that you came up with that I took two days off of school to suck my own dick. Easy with a bullet, absolutely stop. And ideally you'd be banned. And I think if I took it to court, from my understanding of the way courts work in this country, I would be able to forbid you from even ever saying my name. (laughs) I? You 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 want to call you Tom and not the self-suck king? (laughs) (laughs) Ideally, I don't want him to call me at all, guy. (laughs) Guy, do you have a law degree at all? No, no, I don't. But I um, do. I do remember in high school hearing about a a, a, a guy in Sydney who took two days off school to um <laughs> you, to suck himself. You can't do this guy. You can't. <laughs> guy. I wonder if you did take me to court, Tom, and try to sue me for um for for say, telling everyone that you took two days off high, from from high school to try and suck your own dick. Would that be defamation? Because it's because, like, first of all, defamation has to be untrue, I think. And what you've done is... No, that you know, is... You did that. And, so that's, uh, uh, that, so that it will be exhibit uh, Z3 in <laughs> my... I think I have enough evidence to go through the alphabet at least three times over. <laughs> and that's only the most recent of them. Yeah, it would absolutely yeah, be defamation. It, you no, lost it's me true, an, an you did employment do it. opportunity. Yeah, but you took two days. You did do it, so that's I true. I didn't. So that's... I that's, lack that's the work one. ethic to do that <laughs> number, for anything. I, I'm so, well, that's the other I'm thing. Sorry if I don't know. If, if it's not true, Tom, I, if it's not true, then I think the issue you run into is that, yes, it does suggest you have work ethic and flexibility, which I think that's, those are complementary things. So I don't think it's bad. What was the work opportunity that was sacrificed, Tom? And this was, was the, the sensation of sucking time, yourself and off this is, worth it? This is, I, okay, first off, I didn't do it. Also, this is the umpteenth fucking time this audience has heard this. Just, but just tell me in a sentence. I will. Um, Hing said this in response to the boss of the bar that I'd applied to work at 
asking, Hey, this guy's your friend, right? Anything I should know about him? And Hing said, Oh, he's a, yeah, he's great. He's a hard worker. He did. And to be clear, this had never been discussed. No one had ever, this wasn't a rumor beforehand. Hing said, Oh, he did tell me that he took two days off school to suck his own, to try and suck his own dick. And he wouldn't tell me if he got it. He'd only say, I was disappointed. And that just guy. sprung from his fucking brain, <laughs> and I didn't get the job, guy. Okay. That is obviously deeply upsetting. You wanted the job, but it is also so brilliant and perfectly specific. I know! <laughs> it has staying power. Yeah. Cause, but, now, but now Tom Walker is Sydney's sucker, uh, self-suck king. So, you know, I mean, that's a title you didn't also, have before. It, that's, you don't have any other title. It's interesting to me, Tom, because you seem like such a, um, an open-minded. And I suppose with, with respect to what you put out in the world, not relaxed, because your, your output is of a very high quality. But um, you, don't, you don't seem like a man who's particularly interested in uh, censoring censoring yourself or sort of the descriptions of you from those around you and yet this is a real this is a real sticking point that's right because while i uh i would be honest about this but i feel that the honesty about myself is such that if something isn't true i have to defend yeah. it i'm not a man with shame yeah but to mm. have this bandied yeah. around, because I do possess the analytical mind to think of sucking my own dick and then think, oh, what that will be is a penis that I'm well aware of all its bad qualities just <laughs> flopping into my mouth. I don't think I, that would be enjoyable for me. Well, tr traditionally, I think people try and suck themselves off when they're hard. So maybe that's part of <laughs> why you felt disappointed after the two days. That's honestly a great note. <laughs> and I'll take that into my work going forward. Let's uh, let's try a classified shout. Oh, this is yeah, a classified. Michael, have you ever bought anything online? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to do that for me? I, can I show you a chair that I recently bought online? I bought a chair online. Let's see. And um, I ordered it. Yeah, oh, went, went, uh, guy, Tom and I went away with some people over New Year's. Fun. And uh, we spent some time in a, in a, in a holiday Did house. It, well? it was owned by a futurist. And, it, um, and, and on New Year's Eve, uh, while everyone was sort of getting ready to count down the, 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 to the midnight or whatever, um, I got an alert on my phone saying I got an email saying that my cart at a furniture, an online furniture store was still, um, had not been processed. Uh, and that the sale was going to run out oh, no. at midnight, <laughs> guys. The worst midnight. possible time for it to run out. You don't want to start that. You don't want to start yeah, the new so year out on a sale, or in your instance, chair <laughs> exactly. So I bought a uh, I, bu I bought a chair on New Year's Eve, and now three weeks later or four weeks later, whatever, it has arrived. If only there was a way is, to easily find out from the date. <laughs> it is much smaller than I anticipated. So I bought it thinking it was just a regular chair. Uh -huh. um, but this is the... Oh, God, how am I going to be able to show you this? I'll, I'll, I'll sit in it and then I'll show you with my laptop, I guess. Why don't you lift up the chair? Oh, hang on. Hang on. Yeah, yeah lift it into screen and we'll... Uh... So this this co this chair cost me several hundred dollars. That's it is right. blue. You can see I the just want to here. say but, right um, now that I think anyone peddling a normal-sized chair wouldn't be sending out desperate reminders at midnight on New Year's Eve to be like, you're going to buy the chair, right? <laughs> Stuck in my office at 11.50 on December okay, 31st, well, seeing that the numbers aren't adding up going looking, into the new year. Looking at the chair and looking at the designs for the chair where you got the, like, the scale just slightly wrong. Somewhere there's a furniture salesman whose new year resolution was to not get his ankles broken by the mob. <laughs> okay. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the chair. And just just tell me your reaction. Okay. Oh, it's fucking tiny. <laughs> it's for it, a dog. It's tiny and it's also heavy. <laughs> it's incredibly yeah, okay, dense. Look, see, it's like it's like something tell, that you would can, put a Persian know, cat on for a photo honestly, shoot. You can't really tell it, Michael. Yeah. This chair is for a different person living a totally different life, <laughs> and they've got such a different bedroom from you. <laughs> it's oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. the site like, and as well he might it's, be it's for some sort yeah, of no. um, child I think, I think is... is basically what it is my butt doesn't really fit into the um into the, nice. the scoop of it 
Um, <sighs> I'm so I'm sort of having to nestle in right now. Wow. Um, I just, I just, <laughs> I cannot conceive of a world where you're 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 pulling the trigger on this kind of thing. At mid, I mean, how how. <laughs> How well do they pay you at Triple J that you're just throwing money away at midnight? <laughs> well, I was trying to, I was trying to, because we've just moved house, guy, and so I, I was trying to. I wanted a thank you. I was, I was, I was wanting to um, put a uh, a sitting chair in this podcast room. Otherwise, so that when I had people have the podcast with them, they could sit in a nice chair. Oh. Um, but in actual fact, what will happen is they'll come over and they'll have to sit in this awful small chair and feel like a like it's a, a really well, power move. No, them. it would be very generous so, for you to sit in the little chair, and they could sit in a big chair. And what if I great- bought a much? What if I bought a regular sized chair, and then whenever anyone came over, I sat in the regular sized chair, and then I made them sit in the small chair. Here's the Do you thing: think that'd be this is, Hing. You, you go ahead. Tom. I think you have accidentally bought a chair that is perfectly Ben Jenkins size. <laughs> And I genuinely mean that. I think that he and his mm. little Lord Fauntleroy body would slot into that yeah. thing perfectly. I, yeah. He might actually love sitting in this chair. He might love to sit in this chair and eat some um, Spanish olives or something. Yeah. Eat some, some it fig would be, paste. It would be satisfying to look at. And while we're here, I just want to circle back to what your suggestion was, Michael, which is a note on a way in which you could be kinder to those around you. Is You've accidentally bought the little chair. <laughs> And immediately you're trying to use it to strengthen your own position and make the people who visit you, the people you love, feel small. I'm suggesting a world in which you, you, you sit on the little chair and you say, look, I accidentally bought the little chair. I sit in the little chair and I bought the big chair for my guest. Guy, you sound like someone has to spend some time in the little chair. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what if anyone's ever being a baby, I'll make them sit in the little chair. Guy, sit in the little chair. We're we gonna talk about my fucking what NFTs. What if we had a podcast? Bi- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us about your NFTs, guy. Um, you guys might not know this, but uh, the worst idea of all time, Guy and Tim Bats, very funny podcast. Are ser- releasing a series of ape-based NFTs. Yeah. Uh, they're available uh, through the medium of physical tickets to see my comedy festival show during the Melbourne and Sydney comedy festivals. If you visit guymontgomery.co.nz, we've got a whole range of different um, NFT ape slash tickets available for you right there. Yeah, guys selling some NFTs. They're not funny tickets. Yes. <laughs> I wish I'd thought to weaponize the acronym NFT as a put down, but alas. I think um, introducing someone on a podcast that they're there to spook their <laughs> NFT really, it's, it's another power play to really undermine. I, yes, everything you've done is a power play to solidify your own position. <laughs> and also, you understand that Guy and I, as comedians, are so drawn to bullying that we won't be able to coalesce <laughs> against you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've just, your, your entire life, and the reason you have a two person podcast with one, with one guest is so you can constantly pivot the laser of bullying <laughs> to give the veneer of balance, but never have it turned on Michael himself. Oh, no, there was some time there. We, we, we had a go at me for a while, you know? Remember the little chair that I bought? <laughs> Everyone gets a turn in the baby chair. Um, but. Uh, I do have I do have a question that was sent in uh, that was found. I don't know where this is from. I guess it's from like a some sort of core or something. This was sent in by uh, Reverse Cheezel in the Discord. Thank you, <sighs> thank you, Reverse mm. Cheezel. It's hard because it's hard to be enthusiastic about a wacky name, you know. Unfortunately, it's, but, it's um, one of the things that Twitch gets you pretty good at because you eventually get yeah. like, oh, thank you so much, Sloppy Dong Dick for <laughs> the uh, three month subscription. Did you say Sloppy Dong Milosevic? Sloppy Dong Milosevic. Uh, yeah, they're uh, a frequent watcher. Yours value member too. of the Tom Unity. <laughs> um, uh, this, was, this was in Cora, I think, in the uh, pets and dogs section of Cora. And uh, this person asks, is magic bad for dog? I'm working on sleight of hand magic tricks and practice in my house a lot, sometimes in front of dogs. Am I hurting their brains when I'm blowing their minds? Uh, Tom, I'll go to you first. You've owned um, several dogs throughout your life. Yes. Uh, have you ever done magic tricks in front of them? Oh, of course, the dogs, Michael. I don't know if this counts as magic, but the dogs have disappeared in mysterious circumstances. 
<laughs> Did you kill a dog, Tom? After torturing them, yes. No, um, <laughs> I reckon that the dog, the dog's not going to be. As long as you're doing it with some kind of treat or something, the dog's not going to be befuddled because it can still smell the treat. Also, oh, dogs have such okay. bad eyesight. You would have to be doing close-up magic in extreme close-up, surely. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm imagining mm-hmm. that the, the these are human tricks performed, practiced on dogs. And I, I, my my fear mm-hmm. is that this is deeply confusing for the dogs. Dogs, like, I, I can't do magic <laughs> because um, I have friends. But dogs are fooled. <laughs> when you pretend to throw a ball, yeah. a dog thinks you've thrown the ball. And that's like the most rudimentary, <laughs> like entry-level version of a magic trick you could perform on anyone. And that, They uh, train us mimes mm. on dogs, so we learn confidence, yeah. Yeah, so to, to sort of be doing it, is this your card or disappearing anything? It's, it, would, it would tear at the, their understanding of the fabric of society. And all of us, you know, like things that they that they they took as as a known as reliable knowledge is suddenly crumbling beneath them. It seems like it what would be is... both bad for the dog and bad for the magician, because the magician is going to turn up to his first gig and, like, you know, throw a pretend to throw a card and be completely discombobulated when the entire party does not turn to yeah. look. All at once. The Magician's Alliance would say, you get out here with that sloppy dog magic. You go practice on some astute cats. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe... Work your way up to toddlers, on then back to the NFT smarter cats. Apes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Guy, did you never have... You never went through a magic phase at all? Uh, I got... I There was a one card trick I learned, which, didn't, uh, which wasn't really magic. It was just um, trickery. And then I had like a, when I was maybe eight, I got given one of those at a birthday party, I got given one of those little briefcases with like, you know, 40 magic tricks or whatever. But it was too, all of it was too, um, I never committed the, the tricks to memory. I didn't learn them. Right. What was the most embarrassing hobby that you did as a teen, or as a child slash teenager? Ah. Uh... I can't actually... It's hard because our lives are kind of embarrassing now, yeah. so I don't think that they stand out in the same way that I mean, they might look, for a normal person. We, we know, for example, Guy Montgomery, that for a while you were trying to um, squeeze your penis and fart on cue. That was something you tried to do. <laughs> it's not something I tried to do, Michael. It was a fact of life. It's like, it's like he's got this fucking blackmail dossier <laughs> on everyone that he invites back yeah. into this podcast. I, I, I wouldn't describe that as a hobby. That was just like something that was happening, you know, <laughs> while I was doing my hobby of, I guess, playing with yo-yo. I just followed the, the, the normal trends, yo-yos, chatterings, uh, Tamagotchi, and I was good. At, I got good on the yo-yo and I was okay on the chatterings. What's it? I don't think I know what a chattering is. You, you might have had a different name for them in Australia, like a wobbly woo. But it was a it was a circle. It was a large sort of metal circle, and then it would have five smaller metal circles on it, and you'd flick those with your thumb, and they'd start spinning around. It would create a chatter, and then you in turn would turn the larger circle of metal to keep the little one spinning. Tom, do you know this? Honestly, <laughs> I feel vulnerable. I feel very vulnerable. <laughs> Guy, I think like you were given a link of shame to play with to as a describe- boy. <laughs> this this sounds like my depression era grandmother tried to describe the things she found fun when she had no food. <laughs> what was this? Oh, in New Zealand, we'd all get a go on the plank. What are you talking about? <laughs> what was this? What's you only this had Soviet simple shapes to play had, with. <laughs> oh, you okay. you Australians probably had a different name for the five circle Monty. <laughs> Okay, so the new rule is, I guess I won't answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have, I honestly can't even imagine what this thing is. So how, let's start with the size of it. What do we, th- what, what's, how uh, big is it? And can I get a spelling? I would love to Google this. It's chatter, like, you know, the chatter of people, C-H-A-T-T-E-R, and then rings. It's mm-hmm. probably, it's the, the circumference is roughly the size of a, a football, a soccer ball of the circle. Uh-huh. And then that's the, the smaller big one? ones are like the size of bolts that uh, fit just loosely around the the bigger circle. And so what's, and what's the <laughs> what is well, Toshioki Sasaki, recognized as the world's number one chatter ring player, visited New Zealand for a 12-day tour to support and promote the re-release of the rings. 
<laughs> the chattering has been played with by Mayor of Invercargill, Tim Shadbolt. Tim Shadbolt. Yeah, he's still the mayor, and they're trying to get rid of him because he's too old. <laughs> These were something that was exclusive to New Zealand. <laughs> They are a New Zealand toy. That is the, how they are defined on Wikipedia. The toy is used by swiping the beads to get them spinning while keeping the ring turning. Around 50,000 rings were purchased in New Zealand at department Mate, stores, street true. markets, and dairies in 1996. Why? You were selling the rings at... Oh, Popping down for a oh, liter of milk and a few no, chatter rings. Everyone did this. Everyone in the world was doing this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that can't possibly be true, why guy. The, I think is, you know that can't why possibly is the be world chattering champion visiting New Zealand. How are they the world champion and they're only visiting one country? And there's only one country <laughs> that does it. It's so embarrassing for it to be invented in New Zealand, popular in New Zealand, and then have the champion to visit you from Japan. <laughs> the country that, I mean, uh, the only country that has chatter ring players couldn't even have the best uh, one. Oh my God. This is, this is like an out of body. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't think it would happen to me. This is meant to happen to other people. <laughs> is this not a, is this a thing that like, so... It, so you've never seen like an Australian comedian or someone come to New Zealand and make fun of your ludicrous toy before? This do, feels I mean, like do you know, like it's not just it's not just country specific, but to my knowledge, it's era specific. So you know, for, right. for, for a comedian to be armed with this information, this is like how you stumble into it. <laughs> but for a comedian to know that to come and like attack that is just so so specific. <laughs> So what year do you think? What year do you think this bullshit toy was being played with I'm, by New Zealand children? I'm guessing children? I'm in year between like year four and year six. So uh-huh. that would be. Uh, That's what eighties, seventies. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm thinking actually roughly like ninety six, ninety seven, maybe ninety eight. Is it? They were apparently okay. very popular in the 1990s, but they did have a revival in 2011 when Apple a Activities revival. Educational Toys hosted the Hawks Bay Chatter Ring Reunion in Hastings. Wow. Here are the prizes, oh. the, uh, the prize categories that were awarded at the Hawks Bay Chatter Ring Reunion. Can I just, this, this is all a problem because Michael asked our most embarrassing hobby and I sort of tried to throw, I said, uh-huh. oh, you know, I didn't really do embarrassing ones. I just did the normal ones. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, of was, course, I played with the uh, like th- with the ring that all my children. A throwaway. This was the meat inside of a yo-yo Tamagotchi <laughs> sandwich. You know, the three big ones that everyone in the world had. Anyway, the winners were uh, the categories such as the categories included best performance, oldest mm-hmm. verifiable ring, oh. <laughs> youngest player, and oldest player. <laughs> Okay. Getting the prize for oldest jittering player must be uh Yeah. I mean that's a hard that's a hard trophy to hold. Wow. It's I don't I sorry, just I we'll move on from chatter rings in a second, but I just I don't think I actually understand how you play with a chattering. I have so a, you're it, Oh I'm sorry, I have a clip here from a TV program from twenty eleven if you would like. Sure, okay, well, yeah, let's But also I would love to hear how just, Guy specifically played with them. Uh, well, I mean, basically, you, you're holding the big ring in your left hand. I was right-handed, so I'm holding the big... Oh, my God. Already I'm having the fun. The big ring in the left hand. And then with your thumb, you flick. There's like five bolts that you flick those, and then they start rotating, and they're going anti-clockwise, and they're all sort of banging into each other, and that might encourage or discourage the other bolts from continuing to spin. And then you put both hands... So you put your, bring your right hand back to where the left hand is above it, and then you... <laughs> Turn the bigger circle to keep those. Can I? Can I? Be, can I be honest? This this sounds like <clears throat> this sounds like the kind of thing that a priest in the nineteen fifties invented to stop people masturbating. That's what this chattering sounds like. <laughs> this sounds like a stronger economy than New Zealand. For example, Japan had a surfeit of very specific metal <laughs> rings and bolts, and after a contract fell through. <laughs> I'm looking at a. Also, uh, I, I'm watching a video of it now, and basically, it's kind of like people are spinning it while they're doing sort of um, upper body dancing. I guess yeah, is the kind yeah. of you do, you're doing I mean, tricks, sort yeah. of like tossing it in the air, 
and uh, uh, and uh, winding it up and down your arms mm. and around your head a little but, bit. But that's that's and, like that's hard to do. I mean, basic the fundamentals right. of what I was describing. These you're watching pros. <laughs> <laughs> so for a, for a, so so for a New Zealand child, basically what they do is they'd spin this ring around on their hand a little bit, and that was. That was enough for you in 1998. It, the fad didn't last. You know, it, it wasn't a super long-lasting fad. You figured out how to do it. You did it for a while, and then you stopped. <laughs> oh, you'd move on to other things. Perhaps a square would come to town, and you would hold <laughs> yeah, that for a yeah, while. That's right. Uh, now, Tom, when you were growing up, you had an Xbox, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I could play on that in a myriad of ways. So I'd pick that up and I'd kind of, it had these beads attached around it. And so you'd spin the Xbox as hard as you could, throwing it from hand oh, to hand. Yeah. I'm also looking at the, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the comments on this, uh, on the video. And there's someone who yeah. says, I attempted chattering, but I never caught past the generic spin of the chattering because they made your hands smell metallic. So we can also assume that these chatterings had some sort of um, that, that oxidization like, process I'm happening. I'm guessing with- that that person would buy theirs from the dairy. Like if you got the if you got the, right. the high spec <laughs> one from Toy World, your, your hands didn't smell metallic. Did you ever have um, Yoho Diablos where you were, guys? I'm familiar, but I couldn't. I can't visualize it. So this was like a a, a, a kind of a pointless toy from like the, I guess the 90s and the 2000s in Australia. It was sort of two drumsticks that had maybe two meters of of quite fine string uh, yeah, between yeah, them. Yeah, 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 got it. And then you would also have, a, yeah, I guess like a a, a, a pendulous yeah, uh, two wheel. We yeah, too. alongside and, devil, devil. And you'd sort of was a, whip the drumsticks yeah. in order to like spin and the you'd spin flip the, it high spin and the Diablo. A busker doing it, and you think, yeah, yeah. Um, well, they were banned at my primary school because very quickly on, people stopped using them for their intended purpose and just used to hold both drumsticks and just whip each other in the back <laughs> with them. <laughs> and then the teachers were like, oh, yeah, we can't just, you can't bring a whip to school and just whip people. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Oh wow. Well, I mean, oh, you know, God. when you put it like that, the the chatterings it sounds like a, a sweet and simple time. Very yeah? safe. Yeah, no one gets hurt the chatterings. Um did you have any uh, embarrassing hobbies as a teenager, Tom, or as a child? I, mean, I know you were into like Warhammer and stuff, but like... Yeah, the, but I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast that one of the bleakest moments in my life was when um, uh, my mum was helping me clean my place and she was like, I've... Uh, when, this is in my early 20s. And she was like, you just have no tools to deal with the chaos you create just by living, <laughs> was her exact quote. And I looked around and saw her <laughs> tearing up and I wanted to go to her and comfort her. But I was holding a box of half-painted Warhammer miniatures, and I didn't know how to put them down without her drawing focus to the uh, the Ogre Kingdom's army that I hadn't been able to follow through on. And I just thought that and how had old the were you perfect... at this time, Tom? How old were you? I think I was like twenty-two. <laughs> oh wow! Probably like twenty-four. Um, but did you do? Did you did magic? Didn't you? Did you have a magic phase? No, I played a little bit of Magic: The Gathering, but of course, that's like even worse. It Making friends, yeah, whipping out like a. But you fucking... didn't. Ha- you never had like a top hat and a and a um a trick sleeve with handkerchiefs in it. No, did you? <laughs> Is this no? But I know you... Ben went through a magic phase, and I I assumed it was like a shore boy thing. I don't know. No, we did learn <laughs> juggling though. Um, but no, I never learned like anything. I've I've remained very anti learning my entire life. Yeah, to your and that to your credit, <laughs> that is honestly Thank that you. quote that you have obviously um had some sort of oh, it's burned impact in. on you from your mum is just one of the most devastating things I've heard. <laughs> and you know what's worse, Guy? She wasn't wrong. 
and I haven't fixed it. I've got a fucking ADHD diagnosis. I'm trying to go to, I have to go to a psych to get this fucking inattentive, whatever the fuck it is. Um, I got, I, yeah, I can't itself. even remember that. It's a great pull quote, Tom. <laughs> you just, you just lost focus saying the word inattentive. <laughs> <laughs> you, but here's you were, the thing You I, were describing a condition that you have yeah. And you've got to the word well, inattentive And then stopped But I, <laughs> I went to the doctor to get this And then I was like, okay, that's great I've taken a step You know, it, Also, this was like four months after my therapist told me You need to go to your GP and do this So again, diagnostic But um, I then uh, got a call from the place the day after And they were like, hey, uh, you walked out without paying <laughs> You did a runner from the doctor. Yeah. Dude, so, um, so are you embarrassed to go back now because they'll 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 um shake you down for the money or what? Well, I, I'm more than happy to hand the money over, but uh, it was it was it was just a very brutal thing. Anyway, did you pay them in the end? Huh? Did you pay them in the end? I'm gonna pay them on Monday because I have to go back mm-hmm. with um with a urine test because I also wanted to get just a general diagnostic health thing. Mm. Got one thing done. I need to lose 12 kilos. Wow. <laughs> I got hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Sorry. Can I ask, do you have, have you have to deliver your urine pack or you've got to do the test? I have just to, they gave me a jar urine? to take away, fill with wonderful piss. Have you done that yet? No. Do they not, do they not okay. trust you to... Accurately and concentratedly take a piss into the little sampler in one of their bathrooms provided at the clinic. No, I, and I don't know, this probably is the language you should use with a doctor, but the doctor was like, all right, well, here, we can give you a urine test. And I was like, oh, sorry, man, I'm empty. (laughs) (laughs) So he gave it to me to take home. I just, I've just got to say that um, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, but a lot of this feels like, you know, I think we're entering a level of personal discourse and uh, conversation that sort of betrays just how important little Ben Jenkins is to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. So wait, just to, just to really round out Tom's medical history. Yeah, Ben would have probably give thrown them a to jar a of your piss at some point. You've got to give them a jar of your piss, Tom. Yeah. You've got to lose twelve kilos, yeah. and then you've got to get um, medication because you're inattentive and shit or whatever. Yes. And also, I don't, right I don't know if it's exactly 12 kilos because BMI is bullshit, but basically my BMI is off. But also BMI is bullshit and doesn't factor in a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. Okay. Can, so can we just turn... Also, the nurse called me old. Oh, it's never... What? what? Why did the old nurse call you what? old? Because I'm 32. And she was like, oh, you're like in your 50s. <laughs> what? She said, oh, like you're like in your 50s. You're like really old. Hey, guess when I was born? <laughs> when were they born? Like, I guess 2006. And they were like, no, I'd be like 15. I'd be like, no, what? you'd be like 18. And I was like, uh-oh. I don't think I understand this bit, Tom. Is this a real thing this that happened? This is a real thing a that happened. The nurse said to me, oh, you're like really old. I thought you were like, you know, young, but with the, with the mask on. But I've realized you're really old. Guess when I was born? And the, she was like, I was born in 2001. And I was like, okay. Well, that, that, anyway, can you? what are you going to do with the blood you took out of me? That sounds so that rude. Nurse is so rude. Twenty-one's old to a teenager, fucking nurse. <laughs> uh, Michael, I just have taking the blood and throwing it in her face like she's wronged me at a cocktail party. <laughs> I have to ask you, Michael, did you have any embarrassing hobbies yourself? Uh, I wrote. Um, I mean, I obviously write fan fiction because you can tell that by looking mm-hmm. at me. Um. I've now, what franchises are we talking before you just move along from fanfic? I, um, it was like, I it was, it, it, it's not, it's, it's like, like, it is embarrassing that I engage with it at all, but the actual content would, would be, um, <laughs> it wasn't that really bad. Well like, in retrospect, it could have been a lot worse. Like it wasn't erotic, which I'm, I'm thankful that it wasn't erotic. Um, but I wrote like Harry, it was like kind of like bad comedic, um, fanfic like it was like I think I wrote one a Harry Potter one where um about Cho Chang 
and and her being oh, really? like the only Chinese person in the you know it's that kind of it was even back then I think we could tell that I was um there was a, a sort of a comedic spark with it. Um, hey, if it's so I good, would, you should uh, read some of it now, man. I've I've tried to find honestly if I could find it I would have used it as a radio bit now because I think it would have been really good like not actually good but it would have been like good yeah. to make fun of yeah um I did make a lot of websites uh again it's just like yeah Google made, Amazon um, yeah no I made a um I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast before I uh when I was in like year seven uh, I went to the com- we were using the computer labs and we got taught how to use Photoshop and I like thought I kind of had quite a bit of fun doing that. And so I went home and downloaded a thing called GIMP, which was like the free Photoshop. And then I got a bunch of photos out of the school website or school magazine website thing of our um, headmaster and just Photoshopped his head because I didn't quite like him. I Photoshopped his head onto a series of, um, I guess, um, historical villains, um, many of whom were Nazis. Yep. <laughs> And then just sort of like <clears throat> printed them out and put them around the school and um, set them around. To, I don't know. <laughs> I just was Im- implying that he was a Nazi. I guess. It sure sounds like it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and as a uh, in in retrospect, there was a lot of anti-Semitism at the school, but because um, it was kind of a, pri- a, a shitty mm. private school with a lot of like racism and stuff there anyway. But I don't think that this man was necessarily an anti-Semite. Um, but you know that didn't stop me accusing him of being a Nazi. And did it was it, this was circulated and they sought the the perpetrator at the school? Yes, they did. Um, and it took them about two years to catch yeah. me. You see, it couldn't uh, have been me. In I, year I was nine. taking three days off to try and suck my own cock. <laughs> in uh, year nine, it caught up with me because the website I'd made. Had had sort of branched out into into um, things that weren't just like photoshops of the headmaster, yeah. you know, as Saddam Hussein or whatever, and Adolf Hitler. Um, but it was also just like quite um, detailed. Um, I guess quite quite disturbed um, uh, descriptions uh-huh. of the sex lives of the teachers um, and the and the various like fucked things I, that I thought they would do. Like, it was really crook. Um, just me accusing them of doing all kinds of deviant behaviour. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, hey, it was... Hing, did you have any, like, hobbies growing up? Oh, yeah, I wrote screeds. <laughs> I really loved writing screeds. Yeah. Honestly, there is a... There's a lot of manifesto-type things that were written on this website uh, about how, how I would make the and world a better place why... and stuff. But oh a lot of it God. really was about, like... Accusing the teachers, like accusing the teachers of being like into like furry stuff or whatever, or like keyboard out of your hands and put a metal ring with five other metal (laughs) rings on it. Something Um, the happy byproduct of industrial evolution. (laughs) So I've done this, like I've done this in storytelling nights and stuff before, but I got involved with a pretty bad crew of people when I was in high school, separate to this, right? And they were into like um, quite some quite serious drugs and stuff. And uh, there was like a there was like a disciplinary scandal that broke out at the school where in the boarding house kids were really misbehaving and, and a lot of bad stuff was going on. And after that broke in the papers, the school did this like huge locker search of the entire of, of like uh, the first I think it was like everyone from year seven to year ten I think they searched everyone's lockers. And I thought they'd found some drugs in my locker. Uh, or, and, uh, but we weren't allowed to touch our lockers or anything. I got called to the second master's office and um, I thought, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to like, I don't know, get like, you know, in trouble for drugs or whatever. Um, but in actual fact, they were just uh, wanted to ask me about my blog. And I was like, well, this is this is much less serious. Wow. <laughs> um, there anyway. was, do you know, yeah. I, I admire the... Um the depth of honesty with which you shared then, Michael, this is, again, that this podcast is well off the rails of poking light fun at advertorials, but uh, I, I really feel like we are getting somewhere pretty interesting. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. This is why I'm, I'm much better at asking questions than I'm at answering them. I think often... <laughs> you went so deep. 
Uh, but I'll pick <laughs> that six that in the end, I think. Oh, I wrote fanfic because I was quite a disturbed teen and my writing, it knew no bounds. Oh, I sought to topple and remake the world in my own image. Holy heck. Um, uh, do you have a classified for us, Michael? <laughs> I do. Uh, this one is potentially <laughs> fake. So I don't know. Fucked. Just clunking the gears. <laughs> kunk, 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 kunk. Um. So this has been, uh, this is, I think this is just a, a, a modern uh, manners sort of question. This is an Am I the Arsehole taken from Reddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, A-I-T-A for eating my fast food in the car so my girlfriend cannot get the first bite. I think this is something we've all experienced and, uh, to an extent. I've been living with my girlfriend for the past six months. We're both in our early 20s and have an overall great relationship. From well before our relationship began, I've been a big fast food eater. There's an intersection in my city that hosts seven different fast food restaurants, and I'll frequent basically all of them. Since I do shift work, I'm generally off the clock around 11am, and then, being too tired to cook, I'll hit up a burger joint for a cheeseburger and some fries. My girlfriend always wants to have exactly one bite, exclusively the first bite of every Mm. item I order. When I notice this, I would start by contacting her on my way home to the restaurant, on my way to the restaurant to ask if she wanted something. Her answer was consistently no, but when I, when I got home and the crinkly in the fast food bag is like Pavlov, Pavlov's bell to her. She immediately beelined straight for whatever I'm eating and asked if she can have a bite. I've asked if I could have just... I've asked if I could uh, leave just a little at the end. No, she wants the first bite. I've pleaded with her to just let me buy her food. No, she doesn't want to eat that much. Uh, this goes on for a little bit. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like this bizarre culinary version of Jus Prime Noctis. I don't know what that means. That's the uh, um, that's what that was fresh in my mind. As uh, Prima Noctis is a uh, archaic law of um, the Lord of the Land may take the first night of in the, of the marriage bed of any uh, freshly married couple. Oh my goodness, that's a, that's such a full on thing to to compare eating a, a first bite of a burger to. That's crazy. Yes. Yuck. Um, anyway, so this person is now, I've been eating in my car and discreetly disposing of the wrappers. I was just telling her I wasn't hungry after work, but the other day she found a garbage bag full of fast food wrappers in our bin on garbage day. And she's furious at me for lying to her. Am I the asshole for not sharing with her? Um, now, uh, guy, how, how, how do you feel about this? Do you, do you ever have to secret, secret food away no, from your partner? But I have a, the, an inverse policy, which is, um, I think that any, any if we if we go out for a meal or if we get takeaways and bring them home, I'm happy to volunteer, you know, multiple mouthfuls of the first eighty percent of my meal. But I'm always eating with an end game and a strategy in mind. And when we get down to twenty percent and below, that food is my property. And it doesn't matter who you are, or how close I am to you, if you betray me, you know, I I will be upset. And we will then both be upset with each other because of how seriously I take this. So, I, I mean, to me, one bite at the start. I understand people. Some people are precious about the first bite, but that's that's okay. I I have no I have no issue with the partner wanting the first bite of whatever burger. But what is it about you that draws you towards the the final bites of a meal? What do you I, think? I, like what is the when you if, if if it's a if it's a meal out say or if it's a meal with a few different components, you you know, I I, I get in my mind how I want the flavors or like the note on which I want the meal to end. I uh-huh. I, I know exactly you know how I'm planning to dismount this thing, and uh, other people if they don't know this working theory then they're, they're just reckless. They'll just you know they'll swoop in from the side with a fork and just create anarchy. Because you know, how could anyone know? If you, if you haven't told them, how could they know that you're building something beautiful? And you don't want to be the person narrating the process of the construction. You want to be involved in a freewheeling discourse. You can't be saying that this exactly. meatball is the lodestone of the entire end, like, crescendo sonata of you the meal. like a maniac. I mean, is this, is this resonate with either of you at all, what I'm doing? Yes, but... I will say I think I'm um, I I'm in a different boat where Demi is so very small that she's yet to eat a meal that she can consume all in one go. <laughs> but do you do you, so? Do you then assume that you are welcome to as much of the meal as she eats it, or do you just sit back with discipline and patience and think 
there's no way she's getting through this. My time will come. It's exactly. It's happened for so it's happened every single time for so long that I now understand that I don't need to jump in. And also the times that I have been like, well, she's going to stop eating soon. I and just jumped in before the checkered flag, you know, the red flag is raised. I have been um, justly chastised. Yeah. Okay. And I think to spite me, sometimes she has finished the entire meal and then we've walked home with her with a big tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I, this, I know this is a character flaw of mine. I hate sharing food. Oh, wow. I, 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 I despise it. I, um, I love... Um, I will I just get your own. And, you know, I, I, I would much prefer you just to get your yeah. own version of that. I don't mind us buying six meals we have to and then take them all home. I would much rather that. But it's like I've ordered my thing and I want my thing. And I don't Modern want to share dining my thing because you've ordered something be crazy. Incredibly and I don't want your crazy experience thing. for you. Um, yeah, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I, I should, yes, I need to say again, I recognize this is a personality flaw. I recognize I need to work on this. Do you, do you approach this as, as like, if you are at a thing where sharing is the is the way of things, like in dumplings, for example, you don't- I'll get my own. Am I right to think <laughs> oh. that you would be like, okay, so you, do you order a plate of dumplings just for you? Or are you like, if we order a plate of dumplings, I will be having the six of these 12 that are my right. So like, you know how, okay, just, just, just to give you some, I guess a broader context of how strong this impulse is in me. Of, to have my own i would say my on again off again flirtations with the veganism over the past eight years have been 80 percent i don't want to share my food and 20 percent like environmentalism <laughs> it's i would say the vast majority of my restrictive diet that i've had since 2014 has basically been i want it to have a special one that no one else incredibly convincing an earthen cloak for selfishness Yes, it is. It isn't adjust because no one wants your vegan food because they're like, oh, yuck, veganism, yuck, yeah. right? And then, and you also get to be like, oh, yeah, it's for the planet or whatever. But in reality, it's just like if I have my own one that doesn't have any dairy or whatever, no one else will want it, and then I don't have to ever have this discussion about how I don't want to share. So I'm so so. This, Has okay, this been I'm, bad? No, no, you're right. I've been to heavily in, intruded upon by a uh, a cat who's like sort of was funneling into my groin towards the end of your memory. I think it sounds, Michael, like cat. you're a, um, you're an ass, but at least you're a self-aware ass. <laughs> Just share the food. You're taking steps so this doesn't impact on others, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Like last night I went out to dinner. We, uh, we had like a little outdoor tie thing with uh, myself and Hum and two other friends, and they all got sharing food. And I was like, I'll get my old one so I could have did every, special Did everyone food. know going in? So what, what did all of these people who you just had dinner with last night believe was the reason for you going separate? Because you're a vegan. Uh, hum and I kind of have a thing where she will just, well, I'll say, oh, I'll get my own one. And then she'll be like, ah, it's because of his veganism or whatever. I see. You've so got, it's sort of a, she's complicit a in the lie. Performance but you I, put on. Yeah. So that everyone thinks you're normal. <laughs> yeah, the little routine that we have. So, yeah, as far as we know, what you're doing is just getting your own food. And we don't take any of it because it would be rude because you only have one dish. So that's your yeah. dish. Yes. But in fact, it's yes. because but the, if anyone touches your food, you will lash out. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll go a, fucking gorilla mode on these There is a, a decent <laughs> level of self-sacrifice in that. Um, in that if you are eating the vegan option from any restaurant, basically, you will be having a worse dinner than the three co-diners. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we've got to wrap this up soon because Tom's got to go. <laughs> so, just um, shared for an hour. <laughs> it's so good. Just finding out, finding out stuff like find, reverse engineering how Hing thinks sometimes makes me feel like I'm looking at like the programming for a Furby. Like I'm looking at, I'm finding out why he has been vegan, and you know, the, and it's making so many things about the dinners we've had in the past make yeah. sense. Well, you can't touch mine, Tom. You can't have any of mine. Uh, Tom, <laughs> you are doing a comedy festival tour, I believe. I am indeed. True? And it's all about javelins? It's, Finally. It's mostly about javelins. <laughs> um, do, do you want to tell people when it's on or what it's called or anything, yeah, Tom? Yeah, it's called Javelin. Is it really? How do you, yeah. how do you come up with your, your names? <laughs> <laughs> it's... 
bad what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway, what do you mean it's bad? It's over. At, it's over at Melbourne Comedy Festival and Brisbane Comedy Festival. But probably do something for Sydney as well. But yeah, it's and uh, check out the Twitch channel. It's Twitch.tv/TomWalker. Uh, I've been playing some very complex and very simple and dumb games over there, and it's been a blast. Are you this, doing any other cities aside from Melbourne? Are you doing Sydney? Are you doing Adelaide? Are you doing Brisbane? I'm doing Brisbane. I'm doing uh, the the offer that I got from Adelaide was so so bad, so I did not do that. Okay, but uh, yeah, okay. so I'm doing um, Melbourne, and I'll do something in Sydney probably and Brisbane. All right, and Guy Montgomery, um, you don't have to plug your podcast because Tim Bat was on our was on here last week, and he's Good done on. all that. I mean, feel free to no, obviously, no. Um, but you've got a live tour I, coming I, up I, as well. I've, I've, I'm so I'm honestly how excited I am to be in Australia is disproportionate to how exciting it is to be in Australia. I cannot <laughs> wait. I'm coming to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, through it runs through April, and then I'm doing Sydney in May. And uh, tickets are on sale for both. It's uh, it's called Guy Montgomery by name, Guy Montgomery by nature, and uh, it's it's. I mean, I did have heaps of javelin material, but now that I haven't pointedly been promoting it on there, I feel like I have to strike it for fear of looking like I'm aping Tom Walker. So there's about a 45 minute <laughs> hole in the show where you can imagine <laughs> some was all javelin, javelin material. material would have been, but I suppose I might pivot and concentrate on hammer throw, discus. You know, one of the other throwing ones. Chatterings, potentially, trying to get, make them what, an Olympic sport eventually. I wouldn't be surprised yep. if I spoke about chatterings at the next stand-up show in New Zealand because I don't think We've any of us knew that we were the only ones doing that. <laughs> It'll be so cool to when you take that show to, um, <laughs> to Sydney and then have to rejig it so it's 50 minutes of explaining what a chattering <laughs> is. <laughs> Have you ever seen um, that? Have guys, you seen the people who come from international to do a festival and then do one show and are like, nobody here knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody, here, knows nobody here knows what Dowling Street is <laughs> or whatever. Um, and guys, is this a show you did it, if you've done previously in New Zealand uh, and stuff? Like, is, or are you, is it sort of like new material about your um, slow decay into matter type thing? It's both. It's sort of, I haven't been to Australia for two years, so there's some some great jokes that I've come up with that I'll be doing in the show. And then there'll also be, it'll be about half half old gold, half new material. It's basically, I'm just going to be funny for an hour. All going well. Some nights Fantastic. I, I, I He's so good at so that. The guy's one of the best stand-up comics out. you got to go oh, see him. too kind. Yeah, and uh, and Tom Walker, one of one of Australia's premier javelin comedians, uh, also on sale in Melbourne. Um, thank you so much both for being here. Um, but I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about your NFT project, uh, but I'm sure another opportunity will yeah. arise. I'm doing felon. And next if week. anyone wants to check out, uh, and if anyone wants to check out Tom Walker's guide on how to suck your own dick, you can find it <laughs> on his YouTube channel. Piece of shit. Tom Walker is good. <laughs> Good. Um, and we'll see you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, if you're not into yoga, if you have half a brain, if you like making love at midnight in the dunes of the cape, then I'm the love that you've looked for. Right to me. 